Welcome to the Above Average Driven Millennials podcast series, where entrepreneurs, celebrities, and athletes talk about their journey, from starting and all the shit they had to go through to get where they are today. Please spread the love, write us a review. We want to help as many entrepreneurs and people as we can with advice from industry experts. Now, here's your host, president and founder of Adapting Social, John A. Vaguero. Dude, that's per- that's perfectly fine, my man. That's perfectly fine. All right, great. Yeah, I hate to do that to you. I just uh, things keep popping up. It's one of those weeks before the holidays, you know. Listen, man, the hustle is real, bro. That's what it's all about. So we are all good, man. I'm just we're happy to have you a part of the podcast. I know we had a little technical difficulties, um, but we appreciate you coming back on, brother. Sounds good. So I'm I'm gonna dive in real quick, man. I know you spoke to Nick last time. Um, and, uh, and I'm very excited, you know, if you can, obviously for, for the, uh, for the listeners out there that we have across the country, can you just briefly tell us, you know, who you are, you know, what you do, um, and, and, t- and talk to us about how, how free ride is, is like changing the game essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Thanks for having me, uh, having me on the show. Um, I, I appreciate it. Um, so the free ride, we're in, we're in all electric first mile, last mile transit solution. Um, so we, we drive people short distances, zero to two rides, zero to two miles. Um, the rides are all free. And then we are able to monetize the service um, working with both, both with municipalities, private developers, and advertisers on the cars. Um, it actually started as a beach shuttle uh, back in 2011 in the Hamptons. And my business partner, James Mirrors, and I um, kicked things off there back in 2011 as more of a, a hometown pet project. And then uh, it continued to grow. And then uh, in 2014, we jumped in, we quit our desk jobs and, and started working on this full time. And then uh, 2016, we started working more closely with municipalities. And, and what we learned is that there's, there's sort of cities all over the country that are facing this first mile, last mile problem. Um, congestions on the rise, people aren't using mass transit. And we realized that the, the simple beach shuttle concept that we came up with um, years ago is actually has a great application in, in a downtown uh, urban atmosphere, um, really connecting people to short distances that are a little bit longer than somebody might walk, but but not really uh, long enough to to go get go get a car for or or to to take your car uh, single occupancy vehicle short distances. Dude, that's that's fine. How so? What made you guys think of this? Like, how did this even start? So yeah, getting back to the I guess the the early days, it was it was more of just a beach shuttle. So there was a, a big problem with parking at the beach um, in East Hampton, New York. Uh, a lot of people driving around in circles in the parking lot, um, burning gas, uh, causing traffic, honking horns. Uh, and at the same time, there was a, another lot that was about a mile away um, that was pretty much under, total, well, very underutilized and hardly used at all. And uh, so we thought if we could get people to park there and get a ride to the beach, then we might cut down on some of the congestion around the beach and make uh, the whole experience easier uh, for, for a beachgoer. And, uh, and that's how it all started. And we thought, you know, how far, how, what do you charge somebody to go a mile and a half, um, the cost of fuel, what kind of vans do we use? And then we came up with the idea, well, what if we made it free? And in order to make it free, we'd use electric cars to cut off the cost of fuel and then start working with advertisers. So the initial model was, was just all ad-supported. Um, and fortunately, we were able to get the attention of, of some big, bigger national brands and, and sort of grow the business initially using that, that ad-supported model. So, so first of all, hold up, hold up. We got, we got to hit the air horn on this one. That you're, 
you're you are a fucking beast, man. You and your partner. First of all, I I myself. So I live in a beach town. Okay, I'm in I'm in uh, Point Pleasant Beach, New Jersey, and uh, and I grew up down the shore over here. Anytime you go to any beaches, especially there's one locally here, uh, Manasquan Beach, beautiful beach, but it is a fucking nightmare to park. So like that solution is a game changer, especially you guys starting at hometown grown first. Like that's so badass, man. Um, and I love the model. I love the model that you guys came up with. Um, that's 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 so that's so awesome. So today, currently, where what what areas are you guys serving? Obviously, I know you're in Asbury Park. Where else are you guys serving? So we have seasonal routes uh, in the Hamptons, East Hampton, South Hampton, and Montauk, and then in Jersey, Asbury Park. And then some occasionally we do some stuff in uh, Belmar as well. Uh, and then around the country we have uh, operations in in Austin, Houston, um, San Diego, Santa Monica, Venice, Marina del Rey, and then down in Florida, Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, and Fort Lauderdale. Um, so starting to move into you know more of the 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 city landscape or beach cities, I guess now. Um, but we also had a really good pilot program that we we did in Brooklyn over the summer. Um, sort of in, in, in anticipation of the L shutdown, uh, again, kind of using that same geofence zero to three mile type, type coverage area service. Right. Right. So, so that's, that's amazing, man. Congratulations on your success. That's, that's really, really badass. And for any of the entrepreneurs here that are just listening in, like the model here is, is, is fucking like the, the plan, the model it's, it's really, really genius model to not charge anybody but to make money off of advertising in the local municipalities, like so badass, man. But so tell me, tell me specifically about Alex. So what's your background? You know, have you, have you always had this entrepreneur bug? Do you have another company? Like, you know, tell me about yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like I said, I started the company uh, with my business partner, James Barris. Um, unfortunately he's tied up today and couldn't join the call. Um, but both of us, you know, we were we were actually good friends from high school, and um, we had uh, we had started corporate jobs. I was working with a big consulting company. He was working with a, a big investment bank, and we were living in the city. And um, I think there was always the thought of this was a great first job that we got, but we also didn't see that as being um, how we'd be happy for the rest of our lives. Right. Um, and, and I think very very different than a lot of startups or entrepreneurs. Today, you know, we kind of grew the business the old-fashioned way. Um, we kept our desk jobs for two years. We set it up as more of a hometown um, pet project. I guess that, that sort of mitigated some of our risk of, of just, you know, jumping away from a corporate salary. But it also allowed us to sort of see if the model was going to work and see if the business was going to be scalable um, before we, we made that commitment. And, and I think um, we're both, you know, risk takers to some extent in that we ordered cars with, with I think, one advertising contract. Um, but at the same time, um, pretty calculated in, in how we, we, we did the whole thing. And um, I, I think a lot of people, you know, since starting, people have, you know, come up to me and said, oh, I have this great idea or, you know, what do you business? And normally my first response is, well, try it, you know, see if it works, see if there's a market for it. Because there's a lot, a lot of great idea, ideas out there, but until you really, you learn so much by trying, you know, so you can have something that's, that's ironclad on paper um, but until you really get into production and, and, and get things rolling, uh, it's hard to see if it's going to work. It's also hard to see, um, you know, how scalable it is. And, and you just learn so much by doing. A hundred, a hundred percent, man. 
And and just to give and just to give you and any listeners out there that that aren't familiar too with my story. So I started I started my company. I started adapting social uh, when I was 17 years old. When I was literally a teenager in my parents' basement. And same concept. You know, I didn't I didn't go to college. Um, and my whole my whole philosophy is exactly essentially what you just said. I mean. I went out there and I just executed and I learned from it. Like my Harvard education was when I got fucked over or when I learned from, you know, a great deal, a shitty deal um, and all those great things, you know. And so the the importance of just getting out there and just doing it is 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 imperative to any entrepreneur's journey because so many people, they don't start because they don't have that ironclad idea or plan of action on paper like you just said. And, you know, and that's, and that's a huge, huge limiting belief of most people before they start, you know, it's, it's, it's the fear of failure. It's the fear of people, you know, judging you for trying to start your own company and you failing and, and, you know, and flopping and shit. And, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing that I like to preach, you know, is that for me, I look at, you know, any, any of the companies that, that I, that I own, you know, adapting social, I have, I have ownership of five other companies. The biggest thing with any of my businesses is, you know, we, we need to make sure, number one, that we're adding massive value to the client. And in, and in your case, the awesome part is because you have a two-pronged segment. It's like the, the person on actually driving in your car uh, are, in these, are in these electric cars. They're not, they're not actually paying. I mean, obviously, they can tip. Um, but, you know, they're not actually paying anything. So the value there is massive because nobody wants to walk from – the end of Cookman Ave, which is where my office is actually, down to you know the beach at least sometimes during the summer. Um, so it's like that that value that you guys are adding. It's like it doesn't cost anybody money yet. You guys are still making money because you found another you found another option, another method. Um, so I just think I really think that that's genius, man. And uh, you know it's 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 really it's really cool. Yeah, thank you. I think you uh, I think you deserve an, an air horn as well. <laughs> let's get it. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, man. I mean, the big, the biggest, the biggest thing for me, what what really drives me and gets me going crazy, is you know I'm obsessed with entrepreneurship. You know, I love the the people I surround myself with. You know, the 500 clients in five countries that we work with now, um, from small business to Fortune 500. The biggest thing that we do is we don't we don't just focus on hey, you know, when people come to us. They don't come to adapting social for hey, you guys make you know awesome websites or apps or you know uh, run social media or do graphic design, email marketing, marketing strategy. Like we're, that's not who we are. Who we are is we we add massive value and we validate our clients to their consumers. And so the way that the again everything online, anything in business, especially when you're trying to attract your target audience, it's all about validation of credibility. So. What we do, you know, playing playing on understanding the, the mind, the human mind, and uh, and psychology, and how our sub subconscious mind works, it's all about just validating these credibilities online. Because people, if they're going to your website and or they're going to your social media, they're they're looking for for something to to showcase that you know you're a credible resource or you're somebody that they would actually you know trust using. So that's what we do on, on a larger scale. We add we just add massive value and validate our clients' credibility. Um, you know, and that's, and, and that's what I'm obsessed with entrepreneurs like yourself who, you know, say, you know what, I want to, I want to start this. And, and I agree with your method and how you started actually, because when I first was starting up adapting social, uh, even though I just got my license and I'm, I was still a kid, 
the biggest thing though is that like I still had a job and even though I was living at my parents' house, um, you know, I don't come from a family with money. So, you know, everything that I have, I've worked for, I didn't get things handed down to me. So I had to have a job. I was working at Ruby Tuesdays uh, while starting this up and, you know, and, and that method to ha- to have some money that you're that's floating you and supporting you while you're building your dream on the side. That's the best way. That's the best way to go about it, man. And that's how people don't fail and fall fall on their faces uh, when things are going a little bit hard in the beginning. So uh, it's it's good that you that you started that way. Yeah, and I, I think the, the seasonality side of the business also helped a lot because uh, you know James and I were able to run the season, stop, kind of take a step back, see the lessons learned, see what works well, see what didn't, and then, and then sort of readdress and grow from there, and, and sort of built the foundation. Um, we're kind of u- able to use the off seasons to establish a foundation that we can really scale. What would you What would you say to an entrepreneur that's just starting right now, based off of what you've learned thus far in your since tw- since twenty fourteen? I think one is if it's successful, keep in mind you're opening a really big can of worms. Um, right. So you know, I, I think that's something that I. Uh, I mean, I'm excited about it. Obviously, it's been. A, I, I'm, I'm very passionate about the business. I, I think we have a great mission. Um, I, I think we're solving a real world problem. I think we're also establishing a sense of community uh, around both the cars, the service, um, all the drivers are W two paid drivers. Um, so you know, we really, uh, I believe, passionately in, in, in what we do. Um, but you know, I also think if I was, if, if you know, when I, we were 24 when we started. Um, I don't think I realized that if this goes well, it's pretty much going to take over my life. So, right, um, right. I would, you know, I, I would, I would caution there. And, you know, I think the other part is, is take risk, but be calculated. And, and you don't have to, you don't have to quit your job to pursue an idea. Um, you can really probably, you can get a lot of legwork done early on. Um, we used to call it our five to nine. Um, and that was, you know, Ooh, I like that. We were, yeah, that was sort of the time when we were, you know, figuring out the business plan, doing all that stuff. You don't need to quit a job to start a business plan. You can you can get a, you're pretty far out of the gate before you have to make a big uh, financial transition like that. Let's go, let's go, let's go, Alex. That's that's fucking fire, dude. Shit, man. The five to nine, and I love. See, the biggest the biggest thing that that I'm that I'm loving right now is that you know you're you're really highlighting on things that people utilize as excuses. Um, I, I have I have a full time job. I go to school. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I like that you know you're 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 repurposing. You're reverse engineering the the thought process behind it. And you're saying you know not our nine to five, our five to nine. Like that's fucking. I love that, dude. I, I actually I haven't I haven't heard that. So I I love that. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's good. And, and I, again, you know, we we spent a lot of time doing all this planning. Um, you know, ordering, what is, how do you hire drivers, what are insurance requirements, all that stuff didn't, you know, could pretty much be done during lunch breaks and, and after hours. Um, lunch breaks really just being, you know, the phone calls. Um, but, but for the most part, most of that, most of all the upfront heavy lifting could be done, can be done after the fact. So um, I think there's a, especially with the whole private equity world and, and venture capital world, there's this, you know, idea that's been created that uh just you know quit your job go raise capital and, and start a company and and i think there's a lot of legwork you can do before you even even get that far along wow that's that's awesome man that's awesome and so what is what does it look like you know for the next what you know what's the game plan for the next five years for uh for free rides 
So, you know, what we've realized, again, is, is that we're, we're solving, you know, you mentioned sort of the customers earlier, and, and we have customers on the advertising side of things. Um, I'm, I'm excited to announce that we were actually, the program that we did in New York City with Vitaco, Vitacoco was uh, was named a, a gold finalist at the Outdoor Advertising Association Media Plan of the Year Award uh, last week for sort of innovative advertising. Um, and so the, our first customer base is, is really the advertisers. Um, not necessarily first in priority, but but number one, I should say. Uh, the second customer base is is transit customers. So uh, since we've grown, we've also realized that cities are willing to pay for our services um, as our private developments, whether those are shopping malls or stadiums or office parks. Um, and then the third customer base, as you, you, you mentioned earlier, is the rider. And, and the rider doesn't pay, uh, but the rider really drives value to the other two customer bases. Uh, so so what I mean by that is is the advertisers are happy when we have a lot of riders and we have good riders and repeat riders. Um, the city's happy when we're able to drive the cost of ridership down, the city or, or transit customer. Um, and then the happier the rider, the happier the other two. So, so they really are, are you know, connected, but, but really three different, three different silos in, in a sense. Right. And it's, it's, such, it's, it's so well constructed, man. I, uh, I really, I really, I really love that model, man. I, uh, you know the the one thing I did when, before before adapting social really took off. The first the first demo or the first beta beta that I had wasn't really building out websites or software or apps or social media marketing strategy graphics you name it. The first thing was um, I looked at the model that Groupon was doing, um, and I saw that to the small business owner, you know, and now now I'm not saying the corporate owner. I'm saying the small business owner, you know. It's in theory, it sounds great. It's like, wow, I can get this in front of thousands of people who want to come in and test test my services at a discounted rate, and they're going to come back. And from the studies that I was doing, I wasn't like a lot of the business owners I was interviewing that was on there. They were getting screwed over because of how much you know their 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 profits were getting chopped down to like less than ten percent um, at the end of the day. And some people like a limousine driver, like they have to pay their guy to pay for gas, and they're locked into this contract. So same concept, instead of me saying, you know, on, on Groupon, as a, as a user, you have to pay for a Groupon, you have to pay for the deal. As a business owner on Groupon, you have to pay for the, you have to pay to be on there and you're paying, you're splitting your profits per deal. So, so same, same sort of concept um, that I did. I started this, this, uh, this coupon slash deal site, um, like early, early 2010. Um, and, uh, and, and the biggest, and the biggest thing was that you know um, we had people on there now that were buying? Uh, I'm sorry, that were just getting coupons for free off of the website and going into these businesses, and the businesses were only paying us like 15 bucks a month just to have their deals advertised on there, um, and we weren't taking any of their any splits out of their profits. Um, so same concept. Instead of leveraging just the business owner and pinning them down, or in your case, the the rider. Um, it's such a better way to go. So I love that. I love that strategy. I love that strategy. Yeah, and, and I think you know our, our goal over you know the, over the next few years is to continue to to work with innovative brands, innovative municipalities, and, and private developments. And and I think unfortunately the other rideshare companies have really created a, a tremendous amount of congestion uh, in the downtown areas around the country. Right. Um, a recent study by Scheller Consulting came out saying that uh, of the top nine. Uh, biggest Uber and Lyft cities, they've seen uh, a rise in congestion of 180% over the last five years. Wow. So uh, as we kind of look into the transportation problems 
um, that we're addressing, we're really starting to realize that, that people people aren't taking mass transit as much as they used to. And, and the best way to really reduce traffic is to get a lot of people in one vehicle instead of taking their own cars. Um, but a lot of times people aren't taking mass transit because it's hard to get to and it's hard to get from. And it's also, um, if, if you add it up, well, if I were to take in, you know, another ride share company and it's going to cost me $5 to get to the train and then, you know, $3 on the train and then $5 to get from the train, all of a sudden it just makes more sense to just take your own Lyft or Uber. Um, but unfortunately, by doing that, you're, you're just adding more pollution to the air and more congestion to the road. So um, by connecting people for these short-range distances so they're not taking their own vehicles, by aggregating passengers and by connecting with transit hubs, existing transit hubs, and working with different municipalities, I, I think we're really taking the right step uh, in, in that battle against congestion. No, that's awesome, man. That really is. And I always see that we have an office in uh, in Soho in New York. And every time I'm heading in from Jersey, I always see the uh, the Edison parking will have little things like if you're sitting in traffic, you're part of the problem. Um, so I love seeing that. It's essentially what you're saying right now. Yeah. And, and I think I think that's, you know, it's a problem that's all over the country. So that's what's exciting to me is, is there's really no ceiling for this. And, and that could be a problem, you know, with a stadium. You know, people can't get from a, a distant parking lot to the stadium, or that could be a problem with an area like Soho. So, so there really is, you know, it's we we we're we're small in in locations in the sense that we we keep things in the zero to three mile zone. But there's a lot of those zero to three mile zones. So I, I think there's there's a really high ceiling in business in that in that, in that regard. That's awesome, man. And so. We're we're running we're running short on time here, and I know that you got you got some places to be and some people to see and some babies to kiss. Um, so tell me, one thing I like to do for for any guest that we have on our show is what is one of the in business in business specifically what is a quote or a saying or something that really resonates with you uh, that that really drives you. You know, it's actually funny you mentioned this because we're going through sort of a, a little bit of a branding exercise yesterday, and um, and somebody forwarded over a great quote from uh, Coach K. And again, this was this was as of yesterday, um, but I think it really resonates with the business in general. And um, the quote was, uh, "You should live the journey. You should live it right. You should live it together. You should live it shared. You should try to make one another better. You should try to make an." Another, you should try to get get on. You should get on one another if somebody's not doing their part. You should hug one another when they are. You should be disappointed in the loss and exhilarated in the win. It's all about the journey, and and I think that's that sort of applies to the, the business and the in the practical sense of of getting a ride should be an enjoyable sort of grouped thing, um, especially when you know to your point on that sign. Um, if you're sitting alone in your car, you're part of the problem. Um, but also the, the business in general, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs. You need to be surrounded by a good team. Um, and that team, you know, you need to support. You also need to be critical of, um, but, but it's, it, you know, the, the, it's not just a, uh, I guess it's all about the journey is, is sort of, uh, you know, something that that's been resonating more with us. I love that, man. And you know what, one thing I will say on that point. So that's what this podcast is all about, dude. When we first started this podcast, it was funny. The podcast formed because I was watching. I was watching an, an interview, um, and Clint Eastwood essentially said that millennial generation is a bunch of pussies, and um, and I saw that. I'm like, I'm like, motherfucker, man, because so many times we get a bad rep. 
Um, like I'm 27, I'm 27 years old. I started when I was 17, like I told you, um, and you're fair, you're younger as well. And so, you know, the biggest thing is like, we all get mixed into this group of like people who are quote unquote lazy or whatever, whatever the world, you know, thinks of millennials. And so when I first started the podcast, it was about proving and, and utilizing the fact that, you know, not every millennial or not every, you know, baby boomer, because every generation has their, their set of lazy fucks. So nobody can group and just say millennials specifically are. But the biggest thing it was like the mission was to prove that. And then as we started to have more guests and more guests and more guests and, and anybody listening in on this one that didn't listen into our last podcast with Mike Honig um, with, with hashtag be like Jake, like it's a fucking eye opener. Like we changed the whole entire thing. We're actually going to be changing the name of it soon, but it is only about the journey. That is the only thing that we care about when we're interviewing entrepreneurs, whether it's a TV reality star, a, a famous athlete, anybody that we're interviewing or we're, we're sitting down with. It's, it doesn't matter anymore about just, you know, their thoughts or anything about, it has nothing to do with millennial. The only thing, the only thing that matters is the journey because so many people that I work with, I work with everything from a small little, you know, pizzeria to multi, multi millionaires that are, that own more than 18 companies. And when you look at like, you know, over the past decade that I've been doing this, when, when I, when I look at the people who are small business owners that own like a pizzeria, for example, some of those people love their lives and are so happy with their day-to-day stuff and making the money they're making, even though they're not multimillionaires. And then I see multimillionaires who are insanely successful by financial terms and by material objects, but are not happy and don't have, and don't have that life of, of, uh, of rich in their mind where they're, where they're excited and happy. And so the one thing that I've noticed is, is that it's the journey. It's the destination that most people think that that's where happiness actually fucking lies. But the whole thing, the whole thing that, again, that I've been really noticing over the past decade is that every day when we go through, whether we have a fire we have to deal with as an entrepreneur, whether something is going really great, wrong, sad, crazy, you know, having to fire somebody, having to let somebody go, whatever the situation is that fucking sucks in the moment, it's not, it's not happening against you. It's happening for you because you learn from everything and it contributes to your journey. And when you look back, all those memories, everything you've built, everything you started, even the tough, crazy times. Those times are times that you miss and that have made everything so worth it. And most of the most like sad days, again, in my interviews that I've seen with some of these major successful people that we work with is when they actually in their minds make it because then, then it's like, well, now what? I already accomplished it. It's like when you get that brand new car that you've been dying for, you buy the car, it's amazing for two, three months. And then now it's just a car payment. <laughs> now it's just a car payment. So I love that you said that. I think that's fucking badass, man, because that's exactly what we do here. It's all about the journey. Yeah, that's 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 great to hear. And then and I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think um I think it's it's you know, business is is exciting and and I think that you know, the ups and downs is, is really what uh will get you out of bed in the morning. Um and and again I think any sort of entrepreneur doesn't do well with content. And and I think, you know, the idea with business is to keep growing it and uh and again, it's, that's that's kind of the whole the whole path and the whole journey, um, and it should be enjoyed a little bit. Absolutely, man. You got to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And anybody again listening in, one thing I always recommend again since I started adapting social, the the one I always take full advantage of my virtual mentors, and some of them are still not living. I I listen to Steve Jobs different you know uh, uh, videos on YouTube. I watch. I've been watching Tony Robbins for a decade. Um, and one thing that he says is that entrepreneurs that aren't enjoying the fruits of their labor 
aren't celebrating little little accomplishments, um, you start to die then because that's when you stop caring about your business actually growing and impacting people. Um, and uh, and that's what it's all about, enjoying the fruits of your labor, man. And uh, yeah, it's everything. And so and one yeah. thing. And one thing too, I'll say, Alex. So what, my my quote, um, and one thing I always tell you know all of our followers and listeners and and people that listen in is so I had when I when I first started the business, I went I googled something again. I had no money, I had no investors, I had nothing. And so as a kid, I was just googling different things that would really really like resonate with me and really motivate me and amp me. Um, and so on Google, I found this awesome quote. I found this awesome picture. I printed it out. I had it. Right next to my bed, I had it on the ceiling above my bed, and then I had it in my office. So every day when I woke up, I woke up to that positive quote. I, I looked to my left, got out of bed, I saw it. And when I was working in the basement all day in the back, I was just staring at it. And so this to me, I, I apply this to every situation in life. It's not just for business. Um, I apply it for like, you know, whether it's whether it's a goal of health, fitness, um, you can apply it almost in any 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 space. But the quote is, live a few years of your life like most people won't, so you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. And yes, struggle struggle is pertinent, in, and it's an ingredient in success, uh, especially as an entrepreneur. Financial struggles, stress, all these different things. And so, you know, financially, again, I, had, I was by all means not crushing it when I started. So, you know, I had to understand that it wasn't about finances, it wasn't about you know, being comfortable. I had to live outside of my comfort zone for a very, very long time before, you know, adapting social was able to scale to where we are today. Um, but those 24 hour days that were pulled, um, you know, day in, day out, it was, it was for the overall goal of us right now, helping small businesses in five countries. Um, and, and it's fucking awesome. So that is, that is, that is my life quote, man. Awesome. No, I, I like it a lot, and I think uh, you know we're young. When you're young, it's time to work hard. So, so I, I couldn't agree more. So, so you got so you got to get it while you can, man. So, dude, I I the one thing I like to say. Um, I know we're cutting short here, so I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. So, Alex, tell everybody that's listening right now. This is this is your chance to plug yourself. Where can they find you on Instagram, Facebook, websites? Like, throw yourself out there. Sure. The, the company is The Free Ride. Uh, the website is thefreeride.com. We're on Instagram. It's The Free Ride Inc. And if you have a business uh, looking to advertise or a development or um, or city that has parking issues, uh, definitely get in touch. You can reach us at info at thefreeride.com. That's awesome, man. Listen, the one thing I always say to people is time is that valuable asset we never get back. So you spending it with us today uh, on your on your second podcast with us <laughs> Um, I'm super grateful and, uh, and all the insights that you gave, I think are going to impact a lot of entrepreneurs. So I really do appreciate your time today, Alex. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me and, and congrats on all the success with, with adapting social and, uh, and hopefully we can do, it, do this again sometime. Absolutely, brother. Hey, congrats on your success. And, uh, and I always like to end with everybody that's listening, you know, make sure that you don't have a good day. So many people live on autopilot where they just, you know, they're, when they see people, it's just, Oh, have a good day. Have a good day. Everything's so autopiloted. You got to disrupt the mind a little bit, you know, create a great day. You're in charge of your life, you know, make sure that you make the best day you can. It's not up to somebody else, it's up to you. You manifest your own destiny. So don't only create a great day, create a great month, create a great year, create a great life for yourself because you are in charge of it. So thank you again, Alex. Everybody create an amazing day. Great. 
Sounds great. Have, have a great day. Thanks, thanks again for having, us, having me on. Take care now. Take care. Bye-bye.